Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Heartbreak, Getting Whacked by Love. I have another conversation with a good friend of mine, Greg Lavoie. Greg is in the middle of a heartbreak. He had a relationship with a woman for close to a year, long distance. And when he moved out to the town that she was living in, out of nowhere, about eight weeks after moving in, she ended it. So, Greg shares with us kind of being in the middle of that now he was kind enough he was courageous enough to share some of his experiences and stories of it greg's focus of moving through it and mining it and writing about it he talks about the heartbreak is the resume of rejected love a lot of us have known heartbreak whether it is a significant other a loss of a dream and so forth we talk about some other aspects of heartbreak And I thought that was a good conversation for us to hear that we're not alone of what we go through when we're in heartbreak and how we can move through it faster, how we can accept our pain and not just push it aside. There is brightness at the end of the tunnel. So right now in this one, we're kind of just in the middle of it and talking about it. So enjoy the conversation, everybody. So here we go again, man. I am so glad that uh, you came in for a visit and you're coming and hanging out at my house, sleeping over for a night before you head to a gig and we get to do another podcast. Right. Our guest flies in from California. All the way from Santa Santa Cruz, California. Yep. Yep. So, and it's a continuation of my buddy's Greg's adventures. So as we were talking, it's just so apropos to do a podcast and talk about heartbreak. <laughs> For reasons that will become obvious to you That's shortly. right. That's right. And everybody knows, oh, heartbreak, mm. you know, what we all share and have experienced and what we do to move through it, what we do to really feel it and be in it, what serves us, what mm. doesn't serve us. So We were thinking of subtitling it, Whacked by Love. <laughs> Exactly. And everybody's got one of those on their resume, yeah. don't they? Mm-hmm. What was the word that you said? Oh, uh, resumes of rejected love. Mm. <laughs> wow. We've all been there in one form or another, whether yeah. it's uh, a romantic heartbreak or a health heartbreak or a loss of an opportunity. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, just aspects of heartbreak that's not necessarily a breakup of a relationship, but that definitely covers. Yeah. What was the word that you said also covers when you're in love and you get hit? Oh, smitten mm, yeah, that was which it. is what we associate with being in love certainly in the in love phase comes from a word meaning to smite which means to strike, strike with that. a blow right. for the first 700 years of the word's life and then the last 400 it meant to have strong feelings for so we associate love and infatuation with for one another as being something by which we're struck which is interesting to me because um, by love. Cupid the god of love that whole symbol we have he used arrows. He didn't use love potions or spells. He used arrows. 
something by which we're struck. Isn't that interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the reason why we chose this story is the next segment in our hero's journey right here. And he's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on with him. So I have to preface any of these remarks by saying I'm in the middle of this. So I don't have the perspective of years, you know, the wisdom of 2020 hindsight. Just, I think that's important to say. Um, I may feel differently about some of what I'm about to say two months from now or two weeks from now. Yeah, I went out to California after living in Asheville for 16 years and following the call of what started as restlessness, I wanted to be on a growth curve and I pushed myself out of the nest. And I moved to California, Santa Cruz. And one of the things that was a big part of that whole move was having met somebody a year before out in Santa Cruz. So I was anticipating moving into a relationship with a capital R because I was ready for that. It sounded like she was ready for that. And we had 10 months of Zoom dating prior to this. Therefore, frustration attraction. And those of you that don't know Zoom dating. It's, oh, like Skype. Right. Yeah, and which can be surprisingly intimate and real. She would be cooking. I'd be playing the piano. We'd just hang out together for three hours. And, um, you know, fancied that we were really getting to know one another. And yet there was that frustration attraction, meaning this distance, and it heightens the infatuation. Right. And I did classic, I guess, classic stuff. Filled myself up with fantasies, and we both did, and we were in love, and I moved there, and it was over within eight weeks of that. She just decided, as she put it, I don't have the time or the bandwidth for relationship after all. And it more or less came out of nowhere. It was utterly shocking, and sounded like code for fear of intimacy. Right. Didn't it? To yeah, you? absolutely. And it has to everybody I've mentioned it to. So she just ended it one night. Just out of nowhere. Pretty much. We had had one 15-minute phone call prior to that where she had been questioning, um, let's see, whether she had the time. Hmm. She had a lot on her plate, which is true. Single mother, businesswoman, suddenly had to take a statistics class to fulfill a degree that she didn't complete 25 years ago. Wow. So anyway, I've got all of my stories and they all hit the fan when the relationship ended and I was shocked and I felt like I'd partly moved out to this cross country to be with her and essentially got dumped. I mean, it's just the fact. And man, I went through all the phases in the last six weeks of Grief and loss, according to like Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. So there's shock, denial, anger, bargaining. I added a few of my own. Haagen-Dazs, <laughs> diarrhea, and intoxication. <laughs> and I have not reached acceptance yet. Uh-huh. I'm in it. I right. mean, I'm in the and, and, stew. And do you go back and forth on some of those emotions? Because it's not all linear. No. Right. No, that's true. You bounce around like a pinball. That's right truth is yeah. um, but uh deep sadness and grief and anger and betrayal and shock and moments of compassion i even wrote her a letter saying you know whatever i feel about all this my hat's off to you for being courageous huh? it it took it took balls to end a relationship this good whatever i'm no judgments i'm just saying that was an act of courage in retrospect i also have come to feeling like it was also an act of cowardice to the degree that I perceive and judge that it was based on 
uh, fear of intimacy. And now wanting to do and look at it and do the work. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, I don't know, what I am getting out of it so far is I've got to just go through it. If I want to live through something, you got to live through it. And it's juicy and it's rich and it's creative and it's painful and it's, you know, I might as well mine it. Mm. That's kind of what I'm getting. And you're writing about it too. Like crazy. That a boy. Yep. Suffer creatively, not just neurotically. (laughs) That's right. Are we going to say her name? No, I think think it's probably safest not to mention her. Okay. Can we we call her Voldemort? (laughs) (laughs) She who shall not be named. That's right. Okay. Voldemort. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, it's and, good to have fun and humor with it too, yeah, though, isn't it? Thank God for right. it. It helps some of the le- levity. Right. But, you know, the loss of not just the person, but the future. Right. That's the loss right. of the plans and the dreams, dreams and the, the salsa dancing we were going to learn together, the teaching we were going to do together, the traveling. And it's like evaporated in one evening. And I um, did what's called the no contact rule. Mm. which is maybe some, it's controversial. depends on who you ask. Some people think it's a brutal or cold, but most books I've read about breaking up suggest a no contract rule. If you don't want to keep flushing up the yearnings and the loss and the anger or whatever, stop seeing each other. So no processing. You'll, yeah. No. You'll move through it quicker. Maybe you can come back to processing down the road and maybe literally be friends, mm. but it's brutal yeah. to do no contact, to go from being crazy in love with somebody to zip, like complete radio con- you know, blackout. Now, you just, I mean, it's not just because of the book, because you experienced it in your past relationship that it did help you move through. Yes. And so that's, that's also a belief in you, you know, and, and people, some people should really try that because, right. the, uh, you know, when I have some clients that are just going back and forth and back and forth in the suffering and they don't have the boundaries around it with each other and they know that it needs to be in but they just don't know how to yes. do it and i get it i get the yearning and the loss and the grief just the grief of losing love so suddenly yeah. or even slowly i suppose yeah. but you're right i think you got to let yourself go through it yeah it's just what does a buddhist say take tea with the demons yeah, there's so much. I remember my when my first love kind of broke up with me, and we would. I would be in college. We had a little bit of long distance. She lived an hour away, and I I'd wait for that. We used to call each other after 11 p.m. because it was cheaper long distance. <laughs> and when we broke up, I was waiting for that phone call, that 11 p.m. phone call. I was waiting by the phone for months. Mm. I put myself through that shit, waiting for months, and then finally is. It's kind of like waiting for a you know, dog that runs away and finally you know, you're don't, no longer looking out the window. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but there's no body. So there's just that thought in the back of your mind, well, maybe. Right. Well, maybe. Exactly. They have to go through it. They right. They have to go through that. Right. Yeah. What ways are you going? What, what's, how are you well, going through it? Um, I notice I... Uh, Music you were telling me about. You were, oh, you going through it that way. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Oh, I'm... I am gonna milk this sucker. <laughs> I am. I'm. I'm watching movies that speak to the subject of heartbreak, um, books, and music. Those three especially to to get myself to help, name it, feel it out, cathart, have a cry about it or yell about it. Just see it portrayed, so I can live it out 
and yell at the TV and make fiery speeches. <laughs> and I do write email letters that are nasty, but you don't send them. Hmm. Just to, ways to get it out of my system. And, you know, seeing it, a piece of it portrayed in a movie is very cathartic. I watched, and I'm not recommending this movie, <laughs> um, uh, the Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And uh, a man gets dumped by his wife. Uh, is utterly bereft and falls apart. And then he's convinced to go to Hawaii on vacation and he's roomed right next to his ex-wife and her new boyfriend played by Russell Brand, who's truly one of the most annoying actors in the world, <laughs> especially in that role. And anyway, he dumps her toward the end and she's all bereft and regretful and tries to get her husband back again and seducing him and she's trying to get him physically excited uh, this is not real tv so i can say that she's giving him a blow job and he's not responding and she's looking up at him sort of pleadingly and impatiently and it's like what's wrong why why isn't it happening and he goes well you know you broke my heart into a million little pieces and my penis doesn't want to be around you <laughs> that's a great saying and it spoke to where I was in that moment is she wanted to get together with me literally the day after she ended the relationship, wanting to get together and have a completion ritual and, and you know, say the things that we liked about the relationship. And the next day, I mean, I, you just opened a wound and you want closure. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't ready for it and I didn't take her up on her invitations to come and talk to her. And I felt just like the character in that movie. <laughs> you broke my heart into a million little pieces. I don't want to do a closing ritual. I don't want to be around. I don't you. even want to uh, be there for you to process this event because you said we ended the relationship and you don't get to do that. There's something in there about that. Hmm. So, yes, heartbreak. And not just romantic kinds. You had one in your younger years around. <sighs> career yeah around baseball yeah you know, for me that was yeah i was uh you know ba played baseball all my life growing up and played in college and it was in college that that uh i did not click with with the coach and aspects of it and there was a lot of conflict and it was such a hard decision i decided to stop playing in my sophomore year at michigan state and i just remember like that dream, that loss of like what what things would be like, mm. and uh, the feeling of like losing community, lost that camaraderie, and then mm. there was energy around that to work because now I wasn't part of the team, so they didn't treat me the same, and so there was little heartbreaks around there. I did not think it was going to go down like that. Yeah. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, and I think that's an aspect to it. Yeah, but, isn't it? And it took me. Yeah, I I was befuddled <clears throat> because for since i was four years old that's what i was doing after school was practicing 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 and all of a sudden one day there was no practice right and i remember just walking around campus like almost in a stupor i didn't know what to do yeah yeah that's actually a good way to put it i've been feeling like i'm in a kind of an altered state you got your bell rung yeah like my head is throbbing or something just as a background radiation to my days it's an altered state I don't know what's chemically exactly going on in there, but all kinds of things are being dumped into my bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And loss is a skill. We got to get good with that skill because it's going to, we're going to lose our friends, our health, our livelihood, our life. That's right. Yeah. 
it's going to happen that yeah. way, folks. So it's like getting closer to accepting losses that come. Mm. How to have a good relationship with losses, right? Because that's what life is with the ex- with the experience of loss, the process of it. I guess that's why I use the word skill. It's like loss is not something that drops on you from a third story window. You know, it's not a thing that happens to you. It's a way that you respond to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And loss is so incredibly part of life. I mean, I feel a little sense of it sometimes just falling off to sleep. It's like, my God, another day gone. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I just lost a dear friend. He died in his sleep. John Vaughn Woolridge, going to say his name. Greg and I were walking in the cemetery today, man. You would, It was great when you, when you said that we're walking in our cemetery. You said, you know, sometimes what I do, I say the people's name on the tombstone out loud so that the world can hear their name again. Right. Yeah. I love that. So we're doing that today. <laughs> yeah. So I want to give a shout out to Vaughn who died in his sleep just this week, this past week that totally that sent me in a funk and heartbreak. And, and I got the news on that morning of my wife's 60th birthday. And I was playing with both of those energies of staying with her and being present and, and feeling and grieving the loss of my friend. Right. And, but I mean, anytime he wasn't sick, right in his sleep. Wow. And, but a good way to, nice way to go in in that way, right? Just in the sleep. That's yeah. how I want to go. Yeah. Should I tell that horrible joke? Yeah, go ahead. I want to go peacefully in my sleep like my grandfather, rather than screaming and terrified like the people in his car. <laughs> but you like, like you said, you got to be able yeah. to laugh at this stuff. Right. I'm am, I'm amazed how much humor actually is in heartbreak, or loss, or death, or any of those subjects. Mm. It's definitely possible to find humor in it. And also to just offer a bow to it and just submit yourself to it. Don't try to outrun it. Don't try to, you know, it's this great saying by a Mexican poet named Jose Frias. He said, I tried to drown my sorrows with drink, but the damn things learned how to swim. Mm. And I just, you know, it's, they're not going to go away. You can't drink them and socialize your way around them. Stay busy. Actually, when, when in the drinking aspect, when people drink, instead of drowning away their sorrows, they freeze the sorrows. Mm. The mechanism of, of, that, of that heartache actually freezes wow. and it gets then numb. And then when you're sober, it comes flooding through. So it doesn't, mm. right, because it just right. comes Or when so you're fast. asleep and your conscious guards aren't on duty, it'll yeah. come through that, it'll come through your body. And really hard to do when, I mean, the suffering at the very beginning, the shock and disbelief, the bargaining phase that Kubler-Ross talks about, if only he takes me back, I'll do this or I'll do that, I'll do anything. Right. I I see a lot of that in my practice too, like one partner is just begging the other partner just to stay and Uh, and changes will happen, but that's out of desperation. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's deeply sobering what you learned. So heartbreak can be a, a wonderful wake-up call too because we learn so much from around it if we're, if we're awake, if we're open to it and not just wallowed into the victimization, right. what this person did to me, why did it happen? If we're now able to really wake up and look at the things that it's trying to teach. Yeah. Anything coming up for you around oh, that now? Jesus, yeah. Part of it's just turning the receiver on and being willing to hear what I hear. And so one of the ways I do that is through writing. So I started writing into earnest again about the process. And studies have shown that people who literally journal through emotional states like cancers, 
he did a study at Stanford, heal better and more quickly and cost themselves and the hospital and everybody else less money than people who don't journal when they're suffering. I did a lot of journaling. I did a lot of dream work. And what I started to realize was there were things I knew about this relationship right back in the beginning that I did not really pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Well, I did because I wrote them all down. Because I'm a daily writer, I keep field notes of everything. And so I went back and read through a whole year of my relationship to Voldemort. (laughs) (laughs) And I realized, oh my God, I had a dream of her in full body armor. Mm. I had a dream of her and I as guests in somebody's house. Um, We were going down to dinner. We came out of separate rooms and she locked hers behind her. So suggested to me that she was very protective of her private space. Didn't want anybody to see her stuff. Right. And so I went back and I looked through the journals and there were so many things there that I, in my love is blind state. Yeah, that's it. I love his blind. Didn't want to see. And I was sobered by how powerful that is, how late in the game it still hangs in there. And it's, you know, the day after she broke up with me, I heard a song in the grocery store, Addicted to Love. (laughs) And I just stood in the toilet paper aisle, which was appropriate, and listened to uh, Addicted to Love. And I went, God damn, why does that sound so familiar? (laughs) why he's almost inside my head anyway um so those were some of the ways i healed and like i was alluding to earlier i also uh, listened to a lot of music and it didn't necessarily have to be about heartbreak i listened to the rendition of stand by me that was sung by the black choir at the royal wedding just turned on the faucets it was just because it was beautiful and heartful and uh, or "Old Lang Syne" by uh, Dan Fogelberg. I met met my lover in the grocery store. Remember mm-hmm. that one? Mm-hmm. Met my old lover in the grocery store. Anyway, oh, keep going. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that I'm not gonna do. Oh. We're the backup singer. <laughs> Was that black choir there? Yeah, I swear to God, I even listened to Celine Dion sing the theme song from <laughs> Titanic. Oh no, I you, know. I'm you sorry. Were gone. <laughs> You were whacked. It was like intervention. <laughs> like, well, like I said, I was whacked. That's right. And I just went for anything that would might give me a hope of, I don't know, shedding a tear, yeah. getting in touch with what I was feeling because it's so healing. And you notice it in the moment, no matter how much you're suffering, when you get to cry, you just freaking feel better. Mm-hmm. And if you feel it instantly. Even mm-hmm. while you're doing it, you're knowing this is good. I'm glad nobody's watching me. Yeah. Kind of crying sometimes that you haven't done since you were little. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and you had some practice of it because we talked a little bit about that on the past podcast about with your divorce. How many ten years ago? Right. That you did some aspect of wanting to feel yep. those feelings I and renting did movies. Did the same thing. Play. I yeah. rented um, Love Actually yeah. and a movie called Heart and Souls. Yeah. You told about which that, was yourself. fabulous. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just saying, get out there and and, and get, in a sense get somebody to press your buttons and release lower the pressure and get it out and don't try to distract yourself from it. And there's also incredible benefits that I can already see shafts of light from the end of the tunnel. And you had them in your baseball outcome. What was that? Yeah. Well, you know, going through that stupor for months and months and not knowing my now future direction. Right. And um, since I needed to fill my hours after school instead of going practice, 
Now I had room to put classes at two o'clock. I remember going to register in this big auditorium at Michigan State with thousands and thousands of students trying to register. I just wanted to get the hell out of there, man, because it was just way, way too crowded. So the first class that was Tuesday and Thursday from 2.30 to 3.30 that I needed was Japanese 101. And I remember thinking, oh, man, like, I, cool. I, I like watching Kung Fu. Kung Fu, not in, ja- not in Japanese. Right? So I said, that's fine, cool. And so I started taking Japanese language classes. I started really liking them. I started then taking other Japanese cultural classes, economic classes. I then ended up dual majoring with Japanese studies and then went to Japan and lived in Japan for over a year and and played baseball and play and played baseball in Japan. <laughs> that's that's so yeah. I played baseball on a company team for a couple months. You and a shining star. Yeah, it's like a semi-pro team and I got paid for it. And it was so much fun. And then that became my direction of career and work. And it wouldn't have happened. And it wouldn't have happened if if I stayed on with my first pathway. So it's that also healing of giving it time, giving it time, be patient. There's something always in a gift that comes from suffering. I'll tell you, here's a book to recommend, Transitions, by a guy named William Bridges. And, I mean, you can't beat that. A book on Bridges by a guy named Bridges, and Bridges writes a book called Transitions. How perfect is that? So he writes a book, it's about how people make change, and it's in three stages. Endings, neutral zone, new beginnings. And I've, it's the only book I've ever read five times at five transition points in my life, and I, I recommend it because of the middle chapter. Something is ending, whatever it is, a career, a dream, a relationship, health, maybe life. And then there's the neutral zone before some new thing happens. And you're in that trough in between. And he says, don't try to get a fix out of that. Mm. Everybody wants to. Next job, right. next relationship, um, next killer app, next project. And, and they try to skip over the neutral zone, which is critical. It's what the Sufis call sacred drift. Is that like Dr. Seuss's waiting room? That's right. <laughs> it is. I know. Yeah. And people have a hard time waiting and being patient. And exactly. it's interesting, like almost everything is when you get up really close and look at it. You know, everything's pretty much interesting. And it's an interesting experience, suffering yeah. and loss and grief and heartache. And so that's the aspect of what we're asking and encourage of like get beyond just the drama yeah. of it and actually start being curious about your right. life. Oh, here's an exercise I, that I'm borrowing from somebody else and I can't remember who it was. When you're like really suffering, just stop your thoughts long enough to just take an inventory of what's going on around you. It's like, okay, right now we're sitting outside. It's a beautiful spring day. Crocuses are coming up. We're safe. Uh, we're, we're with a friend. friend. Going to have suddenly, some good food. Right. And you suddenly realize it's my thoughts that are driving me out of my mind. All around me, things are cool things are okay, things are maybe even wonderful. And it's my thoughts about the loss and the grief and the blame and the, the anger, story that the whole making. thing that makes the suffering. Right. So stop in the middle of it, the drama and just take, take an inventory. Yeah. Do freaking something, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like whatever it is, it, you have to break the spell from time to time because otherwise it's an obsession in the beginning especially. Do you feel like you're past the obsession? Yes, thankfully. Mm. Mm. It did get re-triggered when she wrote me out of the blue recently. 
because we had run into each other once in a month, I went in there of all things, and frankly, this may not be politically correct or something, or not enlightened, I should say, but I went- Fuck enlightenment. We want to hear hear that good (laughs) story. Enlightenment, right. I ran into her in a coffee house called The Abbey. I happened to have been with another woman. Yes, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I have to confess, even though I'm the guest, it feels great to get the validation. Because honest to God, you know, I would have hated it the other way around if I had run into her with a guy. But it didn't work out that way. It was a woman who had taken one of my workshops, called me up essentially to go out on a date. And uh, we sat right with an eye shot of her. And then at one point, the woman who I'm with says, so... I just noticed that your ex moved her seat and is now facing looking at me. She's, I think she's checking me out. Wow. And I just thought, yeah, good. <laughs> All right. That, that kind of mended it a little. A little well, little. you know, it did something for right. me, I have to say. It helped me get over it. It helped me feel like, I don't know. You still that, wanted? Or that, so. she's, that she's... I know this is not politically correct. There was something about, it was comforting to me that she was hurting. Hmm. I mean, not that I didn't know or intuit that she was, because the fact of the matter is, everything that she said about the relationship up until she ended it was positive. That I was the guy she was waiting for, and I was, uh, what'd she call me? (laughs) I feel like I hit the jackpot. Um, I have a big yes for this. And then she suddenly slammed on the brakes but I, so I know she lost something important to her and uh, she must be hurting, but just to actually see it acted out in that little gesture of checking out the, this woman I was with right. was, there was something gratifying in it. Mm-hmm. I have to admit. Good on you. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, that's being a human being. It's right. Not, it's not like you're going to keep that going and you know. Well, I'll milk it for a few months at least. <laughs> 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 Definitely helped me get through some of those tight passages. But there's um, part of what I was saying about the what the wake-up call did for me is it clarified things. I needed to pay more attention to my intuitions and the things I wrote down in my journal that I saw and felt and dreamed about and not just run over them because I'm getting these nice dopamine hits all the time. That's right, yeah. There are some flags that we do need to talk about. Yeah. We do need to bring up instead of just glossing mm-hmm. over. She even asked me straight out once, do you notice any red flags before we proceed? And I said, no. I genuinely believed it at the time. Until you read your journal. Yep. Right. In the aftermath. And then I went, wow. I clamped my hands over my ears. Hmm. And so sometimes heartbreak brings us around hmm. to seeing things we might have been there all along or there were signs Here's another piece that I'm just starting to come to. I just posted this on my Facebook page, and uh, I love the conversation it sparked. I ran across something I'd never heard of before. It's a Japanese term called kintsugi. Kin, I think it's kintsugi. Hmm. It means golden joinery, and it's an art form where they take broken pottery and repair it with a resin made of either something that looks like gold or sometimes literally liquid gold. And they put the cracks back together, but the seams are now highlighted and in a sense made precious. The breakings Mm. were made precious. I got so much out of reading about Kintsugi because they're saying, you know, all of our history is part of what we look like now. 
not not just the breakages, but the repairs. They become part of of the totality of who we are. And the bowls and the plates are beautiful to look mm, at. All the cracks that are beautiful. beautifully done. It's sometimes incredibly artistic. And the point was simply, our heartbreaks are part of our history. Days yeah. in the life of. Don't try to erase it. Don't try to dispose of it like you throw away a busted pot. Well, here you go. Just, you know, um, the repair is part of the preciousness of it. So I'm, I'm at the beginning of the making, what do they say, lemonade out of lemons mm. phase. Right. Um, I'm starting to really get the teachings, the right. benedictions. So you're having like more positive days, more days with energy? Yeah. yeah. And more days when I now feel like coming out into my new community and meeting people and joining things, this event happened in the first month or two months that I was there. So it really threw me out of my saddle. And I had to give myself a few months to just right the ship, you know? Mm-hmm. I know I'm mixing up my metaphors. And uh, giving myself a break, just cutting myself some slack. It's like, damn, I'm in this new town. I want to get out there. And fortunately, the universe has sent me two women who have asked me out on dates. There you go. And it's like, oh, well, maybe I'm more ready than I thought or something. How do you feel about that? I feel great. It's like, okay, I like that. Do it again. That's what my brain is saying. Little dopamine hit in a different department. But this time you're going to read your journal entry Damn. the same day oh. after after the first day. Oh, I'm, read that journal yeah. entry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to make her fill out a 12-page application. <laughs> With like 80 questions. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> do you process after a little fight? Right. But you know, here's the thing. I'm going to now bring this experience this heartbreak is now part of my resume of rejected love and i'm gonna in some ways bring that into my next relationships and that's now in there and maybe i'll be a little gun shy maybe i'll be a little quote smarter maybe i don't know how how will that show up in my next relationship the fact that my last one you know got busted up right some people have a hard time trusting another person because of that yeah i guess that kind of thing Mm mm-hmm but I have my eyes more wide open. And the point is, if I learn from it, then okay, it was right. all right. That's right. If I, it was just something that sucks, then no. Right. A lot of people have a hard time, or there's people that really have a hard time being able to learn from it and not repeat it, you know, <laughs> and to yeah. look at the aspects of, okay, this was, this was a learning process because it was my life that threw this, this experience at me and I've got to learn from right. it. Right. Shift and change. All right. And, you know, hell, sometimes you might have to rewind the tape and go back to a good old family of origin and unhook yourself from somewhere you got hooked. And that, as we know, is a piece, a project. Mm-hmm. That's not just like a little parlor game. That's deep tissue work, as they say. Right. Yeah. Kleenex tissue. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, you know, other people that... They say, don't worry, you know, it will come around again. You know, you'll you'll get another person real quick. And, and a question came up like, well, how do I know that? Right. How do I know that yeah. whatever, you know, people are trying to make you just feel better by saying, Well, don't this worry. may also just be a kind of like a developmental issue. In my 20s and 30s and 40s, of course, there were going to be more relationships after one that ended. Right. But now in my early 60s, it's like, well, will it? How much time do I got? Yeah, I mean, I don't have much time left for 20-year relationships anymore. Right. That's sobering all by itself. But, uh, you know, you it's funny how you, you kind of, it switches a bit on you. You don't even notice it as the years go by. Now it's not like a, a done deal. Maybe because life is shorter now. 
um, that it's like, well, there's a lot of people I know who are out there who aren't finding in their 60s and 70s the partners they'd hoped to find. They got to wait till their 90s. Oh, right, <laughs> which does happen. Right. Or make peace with not finding it, mm. which must be a project. Mm. Yeah. Some people automatically go there because they don't want to open up to yeah. the possibility. So they say, I'm Ooh. fine with being alone. I'm going to sure. be alone. I'm fine with And an alone. experience like I had would be a good excuse for somebody like that. It's right. like, damn, that was so painful. Why bother? Right. I'm just going to stay home and watch TV. Yeah. It's safer. It. I mean, you put your neck on the chopping block when you open your heart to somebody you don't you know you put your heart in somebody else's hands and you don't know where those hands have been right. <laughs> <laughs> and you just gonna be hearing and you're addicted to love oh, that's right <laughs> oh, man. but i think your comment about just it's human right it's just give ourselves some compassion and yeah. find ways of self-care i just want to thank you man for like really being vulnerable and putting this out yeah. right now in your process and I know. Pers personal and you know we've been talking about it in our personal life and i was so hoping like oh man i would love to do a podcast and what greg's doing oh, well. going through on, on heartbreak but i don't want to cross a boundary of pushing you or feeling uncomfortable yeah, and no. just great that you're willing to do that yeah and, i appreciate it yeah i think it's it's also healing to say it out loud mm -hmm. and we're not saying her name that Voldemort no right. exactly right I don't know if she's Voldemort if you're out there <laughs> listening to this I just want to say this is my side of the story <laughs> yes right and probably a lot of listeners out there going yeah 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 that's just his side of the story of course it is right uh, of course right. especially since I haven't had conversations with her right. though she's asked uh, I have no idea what she's going through or thinking really boy some people will be saying how could you do that like how how could you not want to process there's a part of me that would love to, but I also notice there's a part of me that would love to argue with her mm. and and um, challenge her right. and, uh, you know, sort of be like a prosecutor in a way because I feel angry at some of the decisions she made and some of the ways that she was, in my humble opinion, unconscious. And I'm a, I'm a journalist, you know, I'm a prober. I think that's part of what scared her off about me. Um, I ask a lot of nosy questions. It's just my nature. Right. And the person who closed that door and locked it behind her may not want me in. And it's perfectly legitimate, right? I've sensed that if I got together to talk with her at this point in the game, we would fall into argument. Mm. Um, because the last letter that I sent her just explaining that I needed some space and I didn't want to be talking to her right then, certainly not for closing rituals, is that I was too full of emotion and too angry. And she sent me a letter back where, you know, some people, they respond to different parts An of a letter back? in a different color. She chose purple prose, which was interesting. Um, and uh, she, and just, circled oh, she just deconstructed my letter, just uh, just argued every point. And I showed it to my brother before telling him anything about my responses to it. And his reaction, his word was, hmm, sounds argumentative. And so if we had gotten together, the reason might have been a closing ritual, but we would have gotten into it. Hmm. Yeah. And I was just afraid. I was so hurt and betrayed and angry. I didn't think it would be constructive. And then after six weeks of really deep processing and journal reading and everything, I came around to deciding for myself if I had the opportunity to get back into that relationship, I wouldn't. Wow. You just made that decision. I, I came to that. And it wasn't a, a sour grapes kind of thing. It was real. No, I... I got to see who's really there in a way. And, and just the fact that she handled it the way she did, so it was a huge red flag for me. 
So some people might say you, you got out while the yeah. getting was good. My brother said you dodged a bullet. Right. Anyway, um, she just recently wrote to me after running into me at this coffee house and said, um, it was heartbreaking and wonderful to run into you at the Abbey. I didn't get the wonderful part. <laughs> I'll tell you, when she saw me, she just exhaled sharply and looked away. And I read hurt and anger and harumph in it. So I didn't get wonderful. And then she said, I noticed I've been keeping an eye out for you around town, hoping I'd run into you in a grocery store or something, looking out for your car so that we could connect. Do you want to come out for a walk or a tea? And I thought about it hard for four days and I wrote it back and said, no, I would think it would be in my best interests not to take you up on your invitation. Still wishing you well, Greg. Mm. I actually said no. Had to go through a little grief right there. It's like it was a finality. It was a And you took your empowerment of, back in some way, right? Yeah, or, I think yeah. so. I came around to not being dumped, but in a sense, um, just taking the reins and mm. coming around. But I had to go through it the hard way. I mean, I, I just, and not just spiteful. It wasn't spiteful. No, it, it doesn't was, feel it was, that way anymore. It was for your health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just feels right to move on. Mm -hmm. At least for now. Yeah, you know, sometimes I help clients really end some of that uh, attachment to the relationship or to that person that they want to. They want yeah, to be able to let the it obsession. go. Yeah, the obsession or just, you know, they can't stop thinking about this person but they know it's it's no longer beneficial to them and so forth and so there's a meditation that's called cutting the cords and it's basically we all have these energetic cords with people that we're in relationship or even past relationship with and and it's it's feeling the cords where it is on the body Just visualizing it visualizing mm -hmm. it you know if there's cords going from heart to heart maybe throat to heart or different gut to another part of somebody's body. Lower chakras to lower chakras? Absolutely. If it's like spaghetti type cord or big thick power cord and it's embodying and having the person who wants to release that energy cutting the cord, sifting through, finding that cord and cutting it on their own, whether it's with the scissors or they need a bolt cutter <laughs> to just cut it. And that's the empowerment of I'm cutting and letting go. Yeah. Some visualizations, sometimes the cord has pus coming out of mm. it or sometimes a flower can come out of it. So it's, a, it's our own visualization of cutting that energetic cord and right. it's very powerful yeah. meditation to do. Yeah, I think that was what that letter back to Voldemort was. <laughs> we almost said her name. Um, yeah, it was a way of taking that. But, you know, I didn't... I didn't take the opportunity to get snarky or, you know, I don't feel safe around you, so I'm going to say no. Or, yeah, you didn't throw any contemptuous stuff. Yeah, you know? like like the phrase that she used the night she broke up with me, I just don't have a yes for this. And saying, thinking of responding to that letter with, the, you know, the invitation to go out for a walk or tea, no, I just don't have a yes for that. And I, right. I could feel that would be totally like revenge. Right. But you didn't go for it. No. Nope. Yeah. But I was satisfied her running into me with another woman. Mm -hmm. And that in a sense was a, a revenge sweet moment. Right. But it's 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 almost like if there's any revenge in it, it's somehow it fits the crime. It's not over the top. It's not, you know, disastrous to somebody. It's not unsafe. It's you're not stalking it. It's like the time of I was biking in Cincinnati, Ohio when I worked for the newspapers and a, a car full of teenagers came up alongside me and screamed and scared the hell out of me. Um, but I caught up to them at a light. 
And I leaned in as I rode by them and I screamed at the top of my lungs into their car. And I heard them yell and scream. <laughs> and I, I, I rode away feeling good about that. It was revenge. It was sweet. It fit the crime, did no lasting harm. And then there's people out there who go, oh, you should be above that. And well, my, my, Yeah, my brother said that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm they're not. Just, they're right. <laughs> they're right. <laughs> right. He's not at that stage. Next podcast, right. we'll do when he's at that stage. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Next but next podcast, Greg Lavoie is going to be a monk coming in shaved oh. head. And- <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, right. <laughs> Full of peace and goodwill and oh. compassion for all. Yeah. So do you have any like parting <laughs> uh nuggets for people in some way that uh, want to feel what it is yeah two things um one is that there's no statute of limitations on grieving it takes as long as it takes you know two months six months a year five years ten years takes what it takes takes what it takes yeah there's no protocol yeah and and to honor the neutral zone it's like okay you're in between now just be in in betweenness. Write about in betweenness. Dance about it. Write poetry. Uh, whatever. Use it. And the other is something uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, Eat, Pray, Love, mm-hmm. wrote a blog post. I think she titled it "I Love You, But I'm Letting You Go." That's when she broke up with her husband. Oh, is that right? Yeah, for another think, person. I don't think I knew that. Yep. I think the other person was a woman. Yes. Yeah. Who just died. Speaking of heartbreak, but she did this post about the theme was what what fits that description in your life? I love you, but I need to let you go in order to grow. Is it a person? Is it a toxic job? Is it your home? Is it your favorite excuse to avoid your power or your passion? Is it an addiction? I love you, but I need to let you go. And it got a gazillion hits. And it's a great meditation for the heartbroken. Mm. That's uh, many points along the way, I think, when you, especially when you really get, as you said, that it's over and you can stop waiting by the phone. Right. It's like, oh my God, okay, I love you. I miss you. I need you. I thought I needed you and I need to let you go mm. because my higher self, if you will, is calling me to it. Yeah. So that, that would be a parting word of something powerful about, I love you. And I need to let you go. And both of those are true simultaneously. They don't cancel each other out. Right. Wow, that's beautiful. Mm. Man, thanks again for really sharing, you know, these stories and and your process. And and I love that you keep me posted and trust me enough to just have that just between you and I. Oh, and all all you out there too. (laughs) Right. And our millions of listeners. Millions and millions of listeners. In in how many countries now? Oh, we're in like 46 countries now. Yes. Thank you, listeners. I love you. Shout out to Latvia. (laughs) Yes. Latvia came up. Latvia came up. Yeah. That's great. Okay, man. We're going to continue this to the saga of our hero again. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Say that again. Thank you. Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed professional counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit HeartShareCounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk at AdiTheMonk.com. 
This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by PodCraft. Create your own great podcast today, faster and easier at podcraft.us. Thank you.